Hey guys, welcome back to the Artcast. Um, thank you again for joining us for another episode. Uh, again, with the, the current lockdown status and the way the world is at the moment, hope you guys are keeping sane with uh, any projects that you're working on or anything that's keeping you busy. Um, another episode coming to you thick and fast from the last one, and uh, today we have a returning guest, uh, someone that we've had on before, um, and we thought we would catch up with them and see how uh, the last couple of years has treated him. Um, so if you guys can welcome along today's guest, Mr. Mark Molnar. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Hey. Different format this time. We're, we're trying out the, the new video feature on Zencaster, so... Uh, and Mark was was saying that he quite likes looking at someone when he's speaking to them, so <laughs> we thought we'd give it a shot. Um, yeah, uh, well, it's, well, I mean, actually, actually, it's always better because now, uh, I mean, the past one year, I had to be on on hell of a lot of meetings, and it's really actually it's it's quite annoying when you always when you only see like all these only the icons of, of the people's, dots moving uh, and, yeah, and the yeah. dots, and and you don't see people's faces. So I I, I really I really prefer much more prefer to actually like talk see to actually people and, and see someone yeah, is different yeah, yeah. just because you know it's uh especially if you're if you're in a group meeting just just from your from the facial expression of, of different people you can you can pick up certain stuff and and yeah. like for example they 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 have something to say or something mm. yeah i do i've noticed with the with the audio only version it's like you do have these moments it's different with me because i'm usually talking one-on-one mm. with a group of people yeah sometimes you find you're talking over people or people are like uh oh hey no <laughs> you're trying to find your gap <laughs> no. to like jump in and speak to somebody so uh yeah it's it's definitely better like this i think i'll probably do more like because i mean you guys can let me know in the comments below if you want to do the more kind of if you want to see my face more basically which i don't think you want to but um <laughs> but yeah i'm also i've said to mark but for the guys who, who don't know, I'm wearing these glasses because the sun at the moment in Scotland, for some reason, has chosen to be in my face. Um, so I'm trying to put them on so I can actually see the monitor. So the sunny Scotland. Um, yeah, I know. Like it's it's so crazy. Like it's I mean I can't. The times you don't want it to be sunny, it is, and then the times you want it to be sunny, it's pouring rain. So you just mm. can't win. And this is this is two days after we've had snow, like like two feet of snow piling through I can't, and, and then there's this whole thing in america just now like i've been mm. sitting on facebook and people be like these rolling i saw carlo ortiz was posting stuff about these rolling power outages and i was like what is what is happening across in america jesus christ so many people were affected so yeah the world's in a bit of shock at the moment so well we'll get there hopefully hungary is uh it's uh it's experiencing a, a dry peak or have you guys had snow or, or bad weather recently or yeah we had some we had some really really crazy crazy weather uh, in the past like couple of weeks so one day we had like uh like 15 degrees and like two days after we have like 15 in the minus so it's like more like oh, wow. this weird we have these weird yeah. peaks instead of instead of like just a normal winter what we usually have. normal weather yeah you don't get like the four seasons it's like yeah especially i think in europe as well it's like in eastern europe it's the cold is usually the thing you've got to worry about the most but then uh, depends on where you are but yeah hopefully we'll, we'll slug through and, and hopefully we're okay as artists because we get to sit inside on most of the times so it's mm. definitely something i don't miss about <laughs> my old job is going outside in the, the pissing rain so so Again, another fact that people don't know, we interviewed Mark in 2017 when he was just about to have his first kid. Um, and now his kid is turning three. It's, or is three. it's, it's, it's crazy yeah. that, yeah. It yeah. was like more than three and a half years ago because now my, my, wow. my little dude is like three and a half. So that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty crazy. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like even it's one of these things where, I mean, no comparison, of course, because I only have, we've just got a puppy before Christmas. We have a German Shepherd and seeing her go from like this thing I could hold in my hands to like now she's like the length of me almost. It's like, yeah. And that's only a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, with years pass, it's, you just start seeing. Oh, I remember when he couldn't walk and couldn't talk and now he's doing yeah. both of those things. Like it's, yeah. So that's good. A future artist in the making, do you think, Mark, one day? <laughs> You're going to be <laughs> training them in the ways of concept art. <laughs> buying his first baby Wacom like my my first Wacom and stuff like that there's going to be a product for it <laughs> uh, but then a lot of things have also happened in the last three years apart from your, your kid growing up um, Pixeloid merged with um, Axis and have kind of been well, doing I, I well uh, yeah there's, there's, there's technical behind it I'll let you get into it so yeah <laughs> yeah I, would, I wouldn't say merge but we, we worked quite a, quite a lot with, with Axis Studios in the past like year right. or so so mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done a yeah. lot of work with them. Um, and then, you know, of course, your team's probably expanded as well. You've worked on 
multiple now TV shows, movies, um, pitch for stuff. I mean, it, it seems, I think, when you're doing every day, you're going in and you're taking emails and you're taking meetings, but then when you stand and look back about everything you've worked on, it must seem crazy to think, you know, when you were just yourself, right? You were just a concept artist on your own. And then, yeah. of course, now you have a team, now you have responsibilities, now you're working these massive Yeah, basically how we, how, we, how we started Pixelated was quite interesting because uh, I started with my with one of my really good friends uh, back from uni. And he was a, he was a freelance art director uh, at, at that time. And we were just basically, we, we, we were receiving more and more work and, and we just figured uh, the next logical step would be to, to join to join our forces and, and and form a company so we just basically started the two of us and and the whole idea was to to slowly transition from from being a freelancer to doing this this studio and mm-hmm. and now it's like i think i think the peak was like the 10 or 12 of us now we have like eight uh seven eight, mm-hmm. seven eight artists in house mm-hmm. and and we also work with project specifics freelancers and uh and we completed like I don't know more than more than twenty uh, like big big budget projects in the past like four or five years. Mm. Uh, plus plus uh, a lot of like illustration work and and smaller projects as well. So so it's really it's 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 really going well. And 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 the funniest thing was for us. I mean, to be honest, we were really scared shit uh, about COVID because you know mm. like. All the because the majority of our, of our work uh, was done for uh, for TV shows and movies, mm-hmm. like about seventy percent. And basically, all the uh, all the productions basically stopped, all the shooting stopped, and everything. So we're so we're really afraid what's going to happen. But but mm-hmm. interestingly enough, I think last year was one of the busiest year for us. <laughs> so it was right. It, it was it was really funny to see that because it's probably it was probably because uh, we were also doing uh, stuff for games and and animation and mm. so the movies went down a bit but but also in in the other hand like animation and, and more like full on CG productions went up and uh, the other thing what we what we also experienced is although a lot of productions stopped shooting but a lot of uh, productions went more to okay now we have this this time this extra time to spend on to spend on prep production and because we are we are mainly on the on the pre pre prep production or prep production yeah. side of, of the whole things and the design part it was it was really good for us so yeah so is that i mean your role probably has changed vastly over the last couple of years as well so are you like is running the studio like full time more your kind of job now, or do you still do you still art direct? Do you still directing in most projects? Or well, I'm 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 still uh, sort of sort of an art director, but I'm still trying to do as much hands on work uh, as I can because uh, I'm just I mean I started as an artist and and I still consider myself as an artist and that's what I enjoy I enjoy the most. I mean art directing and overseeing. Uh, the the art side and the visual side of of a bigger project is also is also rewarding, of course, but it's yeah. uh, it's just not the same as actually creating Doing something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the pitfall of running your own companies or building something is that the bigger it gets or the more you take on, is you find your role changing rapidly to actually being involved to just running the business. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, definitely I mean, a, there there yeah. are definitely a lot of a lot of additional tasks what you what you have to do like. Uh, I don't know, creating Excel sheets and schedules, taxes and, and stuff, and contracts, and expenses, and, and, yeah. yeah. So, but um, but basically, what we're trying to do is like uh, we don't really want to grow like insanely big, but but more like right. keeping it keeping it uh, small, small and manageable, and yeah. and rather raise the bar in in terms of uh, quality and not quantity. Before. yeah so you don't want to be taking on like 20 30 projects a year just more just like yeah. three or four that are yeah. really honing so, in so and basically yeah. we have we, we we fall into into that about probably like two years ago when we just we just took on more projects and and we really felt 
that or 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 quality is just is just dropping and we actually mm. we, we also actually lost lost a client because of that and that was like a wake up call mm. for us and then okay. we said okay look guys this this has to stop we have to yeah. re- just restructure our approach to how we take on projects and what projects we take on and and stuff yeah. like that and and uh, I, I don't know who said it but uh, but some much smarter guy than me that quality quality is the best business plan and yeah. that's 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 we are what we are aiming for basically. So we are we're trying to take on uh, as much as we can as we can handle, and uh, with the with the quality what we can ex- what we expect from ourselves. So yeah, I mean you also want to think about the mental health of your employees as well, and you of course you know and oh yeah yeah definitely you've got a young family you've got a wife you know you want to yeah. also have time for them. So yeah, the the on the other hand we 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 established kind of kind of a daily routine uh what what is uh what is a bit different than what uh film productions do because usually usually in in movies you you expect it to work the same hours as the production crew what is usually between 10 to 12 hours that's that's like a work day plus travel and stuff and uh, to be honest we don't we don't really believe uh in in these insane work hours because yeah. because you just uh i mean i understand from from the production point of view uh i mean like uh like build the the set building crews and stuff because yeah. everything have, has to has to go on a steady base but mm-hmm. but you just can't do creative work for 12 hours a day and yeah. I mean, and and that's what we and plus plus uh, most of our of our teammates has ha, have kids and and families and and we would like to respect that so so we don't really do overtime uh, right. that's 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 a main rule I mean we have done some but I think uh, I can I can count on on one hand how how many days right. we have done overtime in the, in the past year or so and we never work on weekends so we we. We we try to respect the 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 work and private life balance of of, of our team teammates. I think that's that's really important. Yeah, I mean it was it was the same when when I was at Axis, and I think that's why people wanted to go back and work their show often is that they had a very good structure of you know like working kind of ten till six and and no weekends and overtime, mm. and it was it was people with families who were there mostly because they just enjoyed the fact that they got to see yeah. their kids or drop them off in the morning. So I think, and if you happy workers make better work, right? That's yeah, the yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you are, I mean, I want, I want my teammates to, to, to be, to be fresh and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and energized instead of, I mean, we can probably do like a big push of like two, three months of working insanely long hours and stuff. But, yeah. but after that, I would just, just lose the team. And so there's no point doing that. Yeah, you've got to think long term. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, it's such a massive topic. We could talk a whole hour about it, about you know the games industry and crunch and, and things that are going on overseas and even in, yeah. in parts of Europe. I mean, um, I know City Project has been you know in the news the last couple of years about the, this whole thing, and it, it just I think it's something you can't escape. But I, I think it's also when you try to remember and talk to students, I tell them that you know the games industry is no like the film industry and in the fact that it's only been born for the last 40 years, you know, so like a lot of it is still getting figured out and, you know, we're still coming from a lot of 90s mentality making games, so that whole process is still happening. So, yeah. whereas films have been here since the early 1900s, so I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's still going to take time to figure that stuff out, but it's good now that we are, I think that studios are taking that step towards mental health and helping people in the workplace. No, that's, so. that's, that's really, that's really uh, Yeah, good. yeah. So, I mean, apart from taking on these huge projects now, um, and of course, the team ever expanding and growing. Do you feel there's been a different approach to how you face pre-production now? I mean, maybe not as an artist, an art director, but do you think there's a way now that you pitch or do pre-production differently than you did when the studio first started? Whoa, that's that's a good that's a good question. Uh, or or whole approach probably streamlined a lot in in the past years, uh, but it's. Uh, but I wouldn't say our approach is uh, is different, but it definitely got got much more professional throughout right. these years and and all the projects what we what we have been done and and we also I think we also become much more uh, much more flexible with the with the clients what is what is really necessary in in this industry. Yeah. yeah. 
Has this been a, t- a team as well that's solely focused on one particular type of pre-production as well? So environment, set design, characters, or are you kind of trying to encompass all of that? Are you trying to be able to be flexible in both those areas? Yeah, uh, we, are, we are trying to do uh, like not everything, so we don't we don't have like uh, like specialized people specialized people for for all the tasks, right. but uh, but we are trying to cover most of what what a pre production process can uh, can ask or, or something can demand. Yeah. We are we are mostly uh, I mean we have been doing uh, a lot of uh, environment design and uh, set design and set dressing designs. Uh, we have been doing a lot of uh, costume designs, props. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, we rarely do creatures uh, because, uh, and it's not because we don't want to, because some, some guys love to do creatures here in the team, but, uh, but it's more like uh, it's, it's a relatively rare thing that, that uh, a movie needs creatures and they, they usually, they usually hire really specific people who, who has a matching style to the production. Yeah, I was going to say yeah because you guys worked on Witcher, the TV series. Yeah, um, and you know that of course would have had its fair share of creatures, you know. But was your role in that more set production, more kind of set design? Uh, we, we just spent a brief brief period on on Witcher. Uh, we did some stuff and in the very early pre production. And what we what you have done is basically we have done a bunch of experiments about uh, developing the the. The individual races of of the witchers world okay uh so like how the dwarves should look like how the dryads should look like and, and, and stuff like that that was that was one part we, we have done some some early costume designs uh and and then we went back at the at the very end where where we had to develop some some ethics concepts uh, so yeah no, I, I lost your I lost your voice, so I can't I can't hear you. I'm here. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Mutes occasionally. Um, yeah, because with Witcher, there would have been a lot of things to deal with that. Because, I mean, Seri Project would have done so much, obviously, with the game, but the TV show obviously has never or it's never really had a real life adaption. So there was obviously a lot to figure out there. But were you drawing anything from the production on the game, or was the production studio wanting you to do that? No, no, that was uh, well, that was that was. Uh, a specific request from the from the very beginning to to stay away from uh, from the game art and it's not it's right. it, and it's not because it's not it's not good but they wanted to wanted to base the whole the whole visuals uh, they wanted to create unique visuals for the for the for the show of course and they wanted to base it more on the books and and not on the game yeah i mean it makes sense that these things can live separately anyway so yeah that probably was actually quite good actually because then you're not you know because the stuff obviously that said the project done for the, the witcher was incredible so yeah, yeah you yeah, didn't yeah. feel like you're competing on that level you're making your own thing your own path so yeah i mean i, I think it's just trying to take snippets of like what you feels like your best work but i mean i know you guys obviously were involved also in love death and robots which was a huge project and i've never really got to talk to anybody on that side of it you know mm. especially guys at access so for you how much were you involved in that, and what was that experience like? Also, no, it was it was an awesome project. We we worked uh, so we worked on the on the secret war piece uh, in Love, Death, and the Robots, where where the Russians uh, are going after the monsters. That one, uh, what was uh, produced by uh, Digit Pictures. So we worked really really closely with them, and that was a really cool project because uh, we had the chance to, uh, to work really closely with the, with the Digix team and we came on the project pretty early on. So we did a lot of, uh, a lot of experiments about the, the environment and mood and mm-hmm. weather. And, and we had the chance to, to also develop the creatures from the very early, uh, like Stage. Th- thumbnail yeah. sketches, starting with the thumbnail yeah. sketches to the, to the finals. So to the end result. Yeah. I mean, I think that whole project was definitely, I think at one point, you know, there was memes going about on Facebook and people were like, you know, everybody's worked on it except me because you know, there's just so many people were, were working on those episodes and that whole mm. thing. It was, it was, I think for Netflix especially, it was something people weren't really expecting to, especially because a lot of it was animated CG. There wasn't yeah. a lot of really factors. So it was, it was an interesting take, but then that was such a huge project. And I think anybody who had an involvement in that, you know, it definitely was, I was always said it's been a great experience and they really loved it. So actually, then, from the creative yeah. point of view, it was, it was one of our, one of our best projects from, from the past year. 
years because uh, we got a lot of uh, creative freedom on, on the design side from from Digic, and that was that was really rewarding. Yeah. So I mean, if you're taking something like that and Netflix, which is more TV based, and then you're working on something more like Rocketman, you know, again, I don't know the extent of work you've done on the film, but how again does that differ from TV and film? Is it just the production schedules? Is it the, the deadlines that are different, or the freedoms you have? Uh, I think I think our work is is I wouldn't say exactly the same, but it's really similar. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, uh, it's a bit dif- it's more more that tasks are are a bit different because in in Rocketman we have we have developed all, all the costumes uh, right. uh, f- for the show together with with Julian Day, the, the costume designer, and uh, so it was a really specific task that we had to uh, recreate. Uh, the, the original, the original costumes. What was or iconic just, looks, just, yeah. uh, Some sometimes they were just partially documented, in a right. on on a crappy backstage photo, and sometimes yeah. sometimes are <laughs> more more popular, of course. And and we had to recreate yeah. those. So that was, it was it was, it was different, but 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 still, uh, but still a really interesting project, and and I love the movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, me too. Yeah, I think the 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 whole cast was great. The, the whole musical, like turning it into a musical as well, and not having just like in a straight um, origin story. I thought it was mm-hmm. a, it was a great take on it. And then again, it's funny when you watch these things. I didn't know a lot about Elton John's life, but watching what he had to go through, I was like, my God, you know, like yeah, I think it was the same when I watched the, the mm-hmm. Queen autobiography or well, the the Bohemian Rhapsody. It was the same, you know. I, I know I knew so much about Freddie and the, and the band, but then mm-hmm. seeing the in depth stuff, it was like, my God, you know, the things they went through. So, um, yeah, I mean, like again, more film stuff you've done, and, and then of course, like the Magic the Gathering stuff as well, which has also been huge. Like, mm-hmm. is that just a project that came to you through Access as well? Is that something they pitched to you originally before you worked on uh, Zendikar? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I came, I came on board. So, so basically what, what happened is uh, we were talking about, um, uh, with Axis for, for a long time that, that, uh, that we should do sort of, we should, we should work together. We should do something together. I think, uh, I think I met John Beeson, the, the head of art, who is a super- uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> we all love John. John's the guy. He's the man. <laughs> He's a super, super nice guy. And uh, I think, I think I met him, I don't even know, like maybe five years ago. Uh, I did 2016 was the first year I met him. At, yeah. at, at one of the THUs or something. Okay, and, right, and, yeah. and 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 since then we we kept in touch and uh, mm-hmm. and but sometimes when when they needed somebody uh, I wasn't available and when I was available and, and sending him stuff they they didn't need anybody so it was just it's just or we we were just waiting to for the stars to realign basically and uh, and yeah and and we started to and they approached me to to art direct. Uh, uh, the Zendikar Rising trailer, probably around this time last year, or maybe in January, or, or right. and and then it's just uh, it just sort of happened because I just just finished another uh, another bigger project here in Pixelate, so uh, yeah. so uh, so I decided to to take that on, and and then uh, luckily we uh, it turned out to be a great like work relation between us, so. Uh, so later, later, uh, Gaspar or other founder also also joined another project as 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 a stand AD and uh, and as a company, we also provided a, a lot of designs for for other projects. So yeah, so it was really I mean, good. I, I was going to say yeah because it's it's different from maybe a lot of the key things you were working on previously because you were the art director on the project. I mean, I don't know how much you can talk about, but what was the relationship like between you guys and Magic? Were they giving you quite a wide berth to kind of you have your own vision of how they wanted it, or did they already have a vision in mind? Well, uh, uh, I'm not sure how, how much uh, how much I can say about like the workflow and process. Basically, how it how it yeah. works is uh, basically uh, I think uh, Wizards and Axis ha- has already has a long relationship between them. I mean, they are, they are creating them for, uh, the, the, the the main cinematics for for years, and. Uh, uh, so Axis and and the actual uh, directors uh, basically pitching story ideas based on 
based on the new decks and and wizards also pitching ideas in, internally and and from all from all these ideas usually a story emerges and that's what we are keep uh, what we are starting to keep working on and and yes. and finessing out so mm-hmm. uh so yeah but but they but there was a, a constant uh, communication uh, with the wizard side. Uh, usually, we had two or three uh, big client meetings where we went through all, all the stuff what what was created that week or what has been done, both on the on the story side and the art side. Yeah, I mean, like definitely, I think wizards are like such a huge presence in the art side of the world. I mean, you'd either work on a lot of the, the cinematics or, or game related world building stuff, or of course for a lot of people, it's like the Mecca people who actually get to make cards. Mm. Um, I mean like, it, yeah, I think they're, they're definitely throwing work out left, right and center. Yeah. And they seem I mean, like I mean, working, working for wizards and, and for magic was really like a, like a bucket list thing for me. So it was, it was really great that, that I can, uh, I had the chance to, to work on, on, on these last two, two trailers. And, uh, and and like doing it not just from the illustration side but also from from the animation and sort of the movie side where I'm more coming from that was that was really great. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm forgetting now actually if you have Mark, but did you have you ever done cards for Wizards? Have you ever done card illustrations? Uh, no, I I haven't done any any magic art. Uh, I have been doing some uh, some illustrations for for AD and D. Uh, yeah, yeah. I knew you were working uh, way back in the day for. Um, Oh god, the Star Wars stuff you were doing—I forget the name of the company. Oh, uh, Fantasy um, Flight Games. Fantasy Flight, yes, that was it. Yes, so so I take it as 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 magic, like the card wise. Is that something that's still on your bucket list? Is something you would still like to do at one point? I, I mean, I would I would love to work directly uh, with magic on the illustrations, or or, uh, but actually, what I'm what I'm much more interested in. <laughs> or would be interested in uh, working with with Magic on 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 their art bibles, and what is what is what is basically so they are they're always creating these art bibles even before the card illustrations where they establish right. the whole what is basically the world building part of right. what happens before each deck where they establish yeah. all the creatures and 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 all the environments for for each world for for each uh, like yeah. plane how how they call it. So yeah, and that's that's really interesting that's, because that's that's where all the all the design uh, part is. Yeah, I was going to say it's the, the world building stuff would probably be more interesting because it's something you've got a hand in just now, so you're doing a lot of that for production as well. Yeah. So yeah, probably. I mean, I, w- I would still have to do illustrations as well. It's just that's that seemed much more, uh, just simply much more much more interesting for me. Yeah, from the yeah, design point of view. So you've done, I mean, there's definitely been your fair share of TV shows and you've done a couple of films with the studio. Um, but I did also know, because I'm a huge fan of <laughs> Airship Syndicate, um, you worked on Darksider Genesis as well at one point with the guys at Airship. So uh, was that a, a smaller project or was that something you were involved in from the start as well? Or? Uh, actually, that was that was a smaller one and, and that was also with, with Digic Pictures. So right. uh, because how, how they approached us is uh, they were producing that, that trailer uh, for Darksiders and uh, and they they I think they already had the like the 3D uh, animatic for for the trailer. So what they well, asked us comes in and shoots the guys with the guns, like the big three headed monster thing. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, okay, all. right, yeah, yeah. So and uh, basically they they approached us. Okay, we just we just have to have to establish uh, like the overall visual look for this whole thing. So we had right. to. Because like the concept art uh, for the game was uh, was totally different, uh, and, and it's it's in a more illustrative and a more graphical style, and we have to take that and uh, translate it to a more into a more cinematic universe, and that's and that's what we did. So basically, we wanted to create like the keyframes. Okay, this is okay. This is a three D animatic, but this is how it's going to look as as a final. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, especially that whole world. I mean, I know that I'm a huge fan of Joe Madoera. I mean, I think mm, his yeah. work is, for the last 10, 15 years has been just incredible. And I think, yeah, it's getting to touch in some of this stuff. Because, I mean, the game stuff, obviously, as well, I think it's still cinematic, but then it's... Uh, have you guys done much work within game production as well? Do you do any pre-production for games as well, or is it mostly just cinematics? 
Uh, most of the cinematics uh, from time to time we are we are also creating uh, like marketing art and uh, and sometimes we take part in the early production like uh, we have recently we have done some uh, some character development for uh, for some companies unfortunately I, I can't talk about it it much but we yeah, yeah. Uh, we do we do stuff like that from time to time yeah yeah because i did notice uh, actually just randomly watching a trailer or watching a cinematic that you done some work again with digi i think it was for uh, rainbow six right for mm. ubisoft um so yeah i mean there, there definitely is there's always work there because i mean as we well know the way games sit now like a lot of the the cinematics or in-game stuff is now very lifelike so yeah you know, it's also blurring the lines between cinema and game yeah so, that's that's yeah. that's that's where we probably came in uh because i mean we are more coming from uh, from the live action uh live action side, uh, but also creating concepts. And, and that's, uh, I mean, that's sort of the world between worlds. Yeah. Is that, that's a weird thing as well, just as we're touching on kind of concept art in general, but do you feel, you know, because the, the, the industry evolves so quickly, you know, everything changes from one day to the next. There's a new program, mm. there's a new tutorial, there's a new way of looking at things. <laughs> and I know recently uh, Clinton done a, a whole, podcast with ArtStation about the future of environment art but do you feel like talking on the future of concept or you know initial pre-production design how do you think it's changed in the last couple of years as well especially because um, I know for at one point you know photo bash in 3D was all the range but what do you feel now is like your pipeline for stuff you do I mean it it, it, it really depends uh, we, we definitely use more and more 3D uh, you know in our workflow but uh but what we usually do is uh, we are we are doing uh, we're always doing daily deliveries and uh, and uh, it's probably coming coming from from our live action work uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes I mean we, we are just trying to find tools and workflows uh, what can be. Uh, I mean, well, do you feel like, especially within your new stuff you're doing just now, or do you feel you're still painting as much as you used to, or is there more? Is there more side of it because of the speed of the things you need to deliver? Do you feel like you're you're putting together stuff more with um, pre-made assets, kit bash, photos? Like, how much painting are you? Because I know one person, especially I spoke to recently, saying that like production is so different from when he used to do it. Like, he doesn't paint at all now. Like, he mostly just is using three D and photo textures. Is that mm-hmm. kind of how you're doing your stuff now? Uh yes and no i mean it really it really depends on on your approach i think the most important thing is uh that uh, your artwork uh should communicate your design ideas perfectly and if you can and if you can communicate your ideas with uh, with pencils or with a speed paint that's yeah. that's also absolutely fine uh but it definitely helps to to sell the stuff what you're creating if if they are more realistic and and uh, and 3D is 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 getting more and more uh, user friendly as well like uh, with Blender and stuff like that or or I used uh, recently I used uh, I used uh, Adobe Medium like VR sculpting a lot for for blocking in. Uh, certain stuff because like just the workflow is just so fluid and and so fast that that i can really quickly block in uh, a few things what i can render out in blender and paint over in photoshop and i can i, I can just get to a much more uh, realistic result in a, in a shorter time but i think it's it's more because uh the decision makers uh are are becoming um no 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 I don't want to say that. So more and more uh, less artistic people getting mm-hmm. involved in the decision making, if you know what I mean. So more and more producers and more mm-hmm. the money people are are mm-hmm. are part of of uh, of making a decision. And if if you are presenting to them, so if you're if you're presenting to a production designer or an art director, he or she can understand what I'm talking about based on a pencil sketch or based on a on a, on a speed painting or something, but if, but if but if you if you are presenting to to a director or or to a producer, he or she mm-hmm. is not going to understand what I'm trying to say with with that basic drawing. So so yeah. just what I feel is and and that's that's a big change that 
that your your artworks has to be more and more presentable yeah in a way yeah I mean, it's interesting if we talk about VR as well. I mean, I, I just, uh, before Christmas here, I just managed to pick up one of the Oculus Quest 2s. Mm. Uh, the oh, yeah, I have one. one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got it sitting just next to me. But, uh, but then, yeah, the VR side of it, I mean, that was what was freeing for me. I mean, I remember Yama, uh, I think it was one of the TH2s or something, or even the iMag, he was... He had the, the the original Quest One, which was wireless, and he was bringing it out in a case and saying, "Oh, you know, try this." And he was using Medium at the time as well, or what? When maybe Gravity Sketch or one of the ones that was involved in it. But then it was blowing people's minds. They were like, "Oh, there's no cameras, there's no wires. How do I use it?" But it is becoming so more free. But then I remember Chris Rosenworth was doing uh, a talk, and then he was talking to one of his production buddies as well. But I think about working on the James Bond films about how they were using it to basically build the sets in, in, in VR and then put it on the director's head and he could like literally walk about yep. in the set, like, oh, move that a bit left, move that a bit right. So, I mean, like... I mean, you, can do, you can do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, lot of the lot of the productions, uh, I mean, Set Builder is using uh, SketchUp uh, because it's really easy to use and it's it's a really easy to use CAD software. Uh, and uh, and you, you basically have the fly-through fly mode in SketchUp, where you can just basically walk around the sets, and and you can easily do that with a with a VR headset, and that's how they were testing. Like in in the Alienist two, uh, they were testing all the sets out like that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely, I think it's going to be a thing where I've seen people even taking models you know, that they're, they're making um, and then putting them into Photoshop or taking snapshots of them and then using them as basic design for building a set. Um, do you see that that will be more of your, maybe no specifically Pixeloid, but do you think that, that will be something that will be used more in the future within pre-production for film? Def- oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Awesome. I mean, it, it's, still, it's still a long way to go in terms of... Uh, in terms of uh, detail and quality, what you can produce uh, with VR, yeah. but it's uh, but it's it's getting better every day, and uh, yeah. so I, I think it's how I see is 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 like at what I think the hardware is 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 getting perfect for I mean getting really usable I mean uh, in yeah. in a production as well, so just in terms of. Uh, I don't get motion sick or or anything. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I I am I'm experimenting with VR for quite some time. I mean, I remember uh, buying like the first dev kits of Oculus, like I don't way know, back in the day, yeah, eight years ago or something like that. Something like that, yeah, eight or ten years ago. And yeah. I mean, it came a long way uh, since that, and and now it's now it's it's super nice. It's absolute. It's it's super comfortable. It, it's it's. Uh, I don't get tired working in it. Uh, and uh, and just uh, just the softwares, uh, all the sculpting softwares, uh, yeah. and and modeling softwares are getting better and better uh, with every yeah. release. So, uh, so how I see it is is it's like like it's like Photoshop in the early days when mm-hmm. you could do you could already produce good stuff with it, but it's just needed yeah. certain features and the certain the extra push, the extra, yeah. the extra push, and 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 but but people. But people are already using it in productions. I mean, uh, I used I used VR to to block in uh, uh, entire locations uh, for uh, for both of the magic trailers, for example, and uh, right. and like for for the latest one for for Kaltheim. Uh, so what I I basically done is I blocked in a complete location and uh, did a concept what what got approved by the director. And with some with some minor changes, and also wizards uh, of the coast, and and then I could just uh, just pass the the concept and and the high risk mod- uh, and the high risk model of of the VR sculpt to the production team, and they just detail detailed up detailed it up to to have the final location. So it really, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, just to think how far it's come even in the last couple of years. I mean, like I say, it's from Yama, you know, showing us early on in one of the, the events and then until, you know, now it's like fully getting used in production. It's, it's. Um, mm. I think even to an extent, Blender was like that, where it had a couple of years back, you know, even when I was in university still, people were talking about using it as a free alternative to Maya and, and Max. Mm. Um, now it's, you know, there's so many, I mean, there's a, there's a few professionals who are using it readily, but then... I think it's becoming so much more widespread. I mean, I know now 
there are several people I know who are working production and environment art and games, and they are using Blender in their day to day. And production has no issue with it. They're no, I, I also, like, we also use 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 Blender. I mean, I, I have I have experimented with a lot of three D softwares, but never really got got the hang of any of it. To be honest, I mean, uh, I was I was using Modo. I was experimenting with Maya, and Max, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, for sculpting, ZBrushes is is perfect, but for three D modeling. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just didn't get the hang of it. And and with Blender, just, just in a in a few weeks of uh, of learning and trying to pushing myself, I could get to to the level where where I could create something. So it, I, I think just a just a basic, just a base learning curve is just so so short with Blender that it it makes it really really user friendly. Yeah, which is powerful. I mean, I know when uh, I spoke to. I think was it was either Jose Vega or one of the guys, they were saying stuff like, you know, every day you wake up, it's the best day to be a concept artist because every single day there's there's something else out. There's some other course came online mm. or some new school. Um, Maché, especially when we spoke to Maché, you know, he was saying, you know, having born out of Learn Squared and built that whole school, he has just seen how vastly different the, the, the field is. I mean, when I left my job in 2012, ArtStation wasn't even a thing, right? That wasn't <laughs> even on the, the map. So... You know, and now there's like three or four schools in my area. You know, I know they're they're actually building one in Glasgow just now. Uh, uh, shit, I forget the name of the school, but they're down in London just now. They do uh, private courses where you can pick up a thousand, and they Escape Studios, I think, is that the mm-hmm. one that they're called? But then they're now forming one in Glasgow, um, and they were looking for for people to teach. Um, but yeah, like so, it's got to a point now where like there's going to be a school in my local area, and up until then it was only universities, and even the courses they offered were very basic so yeah and now of course you've got guys like uh, Derek Zabrowski who has you know focal point across yeah. now in, in Poland and you know you can virtually walk into Derek's door and, and yeah, ask Derek, Derek and Derek and Mikhail is awesome I love, yeah love oh no the, the whole thing they're doing is incredible and Mikhail as well like his stuff is incredible yeah. so but but basically that's that's why that's why they started their school as well because uh what what we were experiencing they they were no schools around so basically I mean, I also went to uh, went to LA to uh, to learn at uh, Concept Design Academy, and and I had and I had to I had I had to go there because uh, because there there weren't any schools in Europe, basically none. Yeah, yeah, and now and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, def- I mean, even stuff like uh, like Brainstorm, for instance, mm. because they now have a school that teaches you cutting edge stuff with, you know, industry artists who are teaching you, but then of course it's the fraction of the price. So, you know, compared to going to somewhere like art center where you're spending you know, upwards of a hundred thousand a term, I think their courses start from like, you know, three, four, 5,000 mm-hmm. for a single term. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's no excuse basically. <laughs> there's no excuse, no to learn stuff. There's just, there's so much online. And I mean, it's, it's difficult as well, I think, right? Because this is the balance and something I want to get into with you as an artist where, it's something I feel I've seen from an outside perspective because short backstory, when I started as an engineer, you know, when I was hired, I didn't know how to fix a data point switch, rebuild a telephone, you know, all that kind of stuff was taught to me when I joined. Like they gave me the, the job in the essence that I would learn. And I'd done my three year apprenticeship where I learned all that kind of stuff and then got into a position. But then that's kind of common in some industries I have seen where like people are taking on as trainees knowing that they know either not anything at all or very little whereas guys who come in on the lower level or try to get in the lower level of games production you know cinematics the bar is quite high that you mm. have to kind of pass before you'll even start to get work or start to get noticed by studios do you feel like that's something that is healthy for the industry like having that bar higher or do you think there should be room for people on maybe the lower end um, that who mm-hmm. want to want to maybe get in the industry, but maybe don't quite have the skills yet, you know, but want to learn and want to be part of it. I mean, uh, in in one hand, it's it's good because it definitely raises the the, the quality bar, uh, mm-hmm. the general quality bar of the industry. Uh, but it's also uh, it's also makes uh, makes the the beginners really hard to to get in. So, yeah. um, and I'm not sure how how it works, but back in the days, I think they were. They were much more like trainee and uh, trainee sort of uh, things, or or like uh, or getting getting a company just just for for a few months of work experience and stuff like that. And yeah. and, and 
this is getting much rarer than than before. Yeah, I mean, we talked a kind of while back as well, where you were talking about one of the problems you had at the moment was that you know there was so many seniors who already had a buttload of work. You were finding it hard to find people to work sometimes because yeah. all the seniors had work or they had jobs or they had too much work. So you were trying to look towards maybe lower tier people who could maybe do the work as well. Um, but then that was also hard because there wasn't as many of them. So you were obviously thinking at one point you might try and bring people in as well. But how for you also is that as a studio, do you think there is also an inherent risk in bringing people in that are, you know, maybe substandard or aren't quite at the at the bar yet? Do you actually, think there's actually, a- actually, we tried it in, in the in the past years a few times and uh, and it didn't work out because, uh, because we just felt... Uh, but it's probably because we are we are a small studio, and uh, yeah. so and and if uh, and if we take on uh, under, not sure how to how to say it properly, but like uh, let's call it under trained people, then right, yeah. then we have to we not just have to uh, have to put in so we so I can't I can't put them onto actual running real projects if I put them yeah. if I put them onto real projects uh, because we are doing mm-hmm. daily deliveries there is also there is always a risk that they they can't deliver to the quality what we expect from ourselves so that means me or another senior has to has to stay in uh, mm-hmm. over time to actually finish that work for the client right. that day so there is a mm-hmm. double risk plus uh, plus it takes extra time away. So it's not giving us uh, more potential as a company, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but more uh, taking away uh, time from the seniors who has to train them um, and stuff like that. So it's uh, so yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a it's a difficult thing, but uh, but I but I still think it it should it should be room for for beginners as well because uh, what is yeah. what what some of the companies are expecting from from beginners are are pretty insane. I mean, you have to know 3D, yeah, yeah. you have to know all the software, you have to sculpt, you have to you have to know modeling, but you have no to UI, yeah. yeah, there's so much. Yeah. So yeah. so much stuff. And in I'm I'm pretty sure nobody would hire me like <laughs> I mean seriously, if, if I would start out start out now, I'm just I'm just right. I'm just thinking back how where my skills were when when I was starting out and I don't think anybody yeah. would hire me. So there's it's a- difficult, I think. Yeah, I was going to say just quickly. I think what's hard as well is within your industry specifically because you're dealing at like almost the tip. Of, well, you're at the top. I mean, you're t- you're talking like TV production, film production, AAA films, AAA TV. So if that's your entry level, then that will be hard to hit straight out of school. Mm. But then if you're working in like an indie dev title, a small mobile game, you know, yeah, a book that's, illustration. That's true. Yeah, like that's probably the the bad I mean, entry. I mean, yeah, yeah. The competition the competition is much much bigger now, that's for sure. But 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 the industry are, I don't know, not doubled, but like you know, it's like quadrupled, quadrupled yeah, or even more. So I it's mean, like, it's it's. Um, I mean, we were talking about this just before we started recording as well. But of course, uh, and something I want to obviously spend more time on talking about, but the recent passing of Mike Nash. Um, and how the industry kind of kind of ate him up and chewed him out basically the same way. I think there needs to be some kind of recognition of like how quickly things are moving and how maybe at some points we need to slow down. I mean, you talked about it yourself, right? How you took so many projects on at one point, you lost a client to it. So you know yourself, there's this point where you want to take work on constantly because you don't want to say no to stuff, but then you have to also think about like, do I physically have the same amount of time? That you know, Am I going to be able to deliver the same quality? And, when you're chasing work like that I mean it is kind of like feast or famine in this industry and Mm. I think especially for freelancers like god only knows how a lot of those guys survive from project to project it's got to be difficult um people who have a 95 in a a game studio or something else I'm not saying it's easier but you know at least you know they're having to pitch for work you know Mm. the work is coming to you you have work to do but then like yeah it's it's difficult man and a concept especially I think is one of those uh concepts and character work seem to be a race to the bottom there's so many people now who can do it cheaper faster mm. i mean we talked about that with cmic he's coming on soon but he talked about you know the chinese market which people are sleeping on where studios are pushing out work fast beyond you know people are leaving school at like such a high level and charging you know rates that well westerners mm. will never come close to so 
it's a difficult industry. I mean, I don't know if you can talk about that even briefly, but is that something you're noticing in the industry, just the, the speed of which it's accelerating? Uh, I mean, how do you feel even as a as an art director for a studio? Do you feel like you guys struggle to keep up sometimes or do you feel like there's enough work or, I mean, generally your mental health, how do you feel about it? I mean, it, it, it's a lot to unpack. It's a big question, but <laughs> I'm just wondering, Jenny, I'm just wondering, general how you feel about the whole thing about, like, do you feel like the industry is maybe going too fast? Like it's, it's expanding too quickly? Well, uh, I don't know. That's, 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 that's really hard. That's really hard to tell because, uh, I mean, a lot of things happen, a lot of things happen happening in the same time. So especially from, from the live action side, there are all the, all the streaming services around. Uh, I mean, there, there was a huge boom in the streaming services in the past, like three, four years. Oh, yeah. So just uh, just what I feel is there is just more and more demand on content on creating content and and this both goes for live action and games uh, and everything else what what we create art for so I think I I think it's it's a really really exciting time for us and and if you can uh, if you can keep keep the quality bar what we expect from ourselves because there's always the danger that with with more with more stuff the quality bar is going to go down and it's just going to be like a lot of content what needs a lot of lot of art but we just have to keep uh, producing this in a, in, a, in a faster in a faster rate and yeah. so but but i think if you can if you can focus on really on uh, on quality then then it it, it should be fine yeah, I mean, definitely. I feel like again, things I hear from students as well is that you know I need, like you said earlier, we, oh, I need to learn Blender, I need to learn this, I need to learn that. And I've always said, I mean, especially if you're doing two D concept, like if your foundational drawing skills can be good, then a lot of this stuff will come as you work in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you can teach people a bit of Blender, you can teach them about three D production, but physically teaching somebody how to draw well is something you can't really spend a lot of time on, you know, that almost has to be something they have to do on their own. It's the same as sculpting. I mean, I know Raf talked about it ages ago where he would rather hire somebody who was an excellent sculptor, but maybe didn't know substance paint or, or, you know, we apologize. Those, those, are, those are just tools. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. can, you can, you can pick them up. You can pick up those skills pretty, pretty easily. I, really. I mean, honestly, anyone can learn a software. It's just, yeah. it just takes time. So if you if you put in the time, yeah. you're gonna learn how to use the tools. Yeah. But yeah. but uh, learning, foundation stuff is the most important. Yeah, learning learning the foundations, drawing, sculpting, color theory, composition. That's really really hard to to teach that if 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 somebody doesn't have the base knowledge, the drawing skills. Yeah, I mean you say that. I mean your book, um, which of course now there's a second edition now. You've got your new book out as well. But in your first book, you did talk talk about how you always walked about with a sketchbook and I mean, maybe not as much these days, but like when you were learning, like you always had a sketchbook with you. You were always drawing, always sitting down, taking notes and stuff like that. I mean, that's got to be one of the key things for students now, especially. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, just absolutely. Like, love right. your sketchbook. Yeah. Life drawing classes, you know, environmental stuff, urban sketching, creature, go to the I zoo. Mean, we're still trying to do do that even even now in house. I mean, uh, we are we are trying to encourage people to do to do figure studies, uh, photo studies. Now we are just starting right. to organize a, a live drawing class in the studio. Okay. So bringing in models yeah. uh, to uh -huh. do uh, like live drawing sessions every two weeks, because I think just th those are just the just the core skills uh, what you need, and and you can uh, always learn more. Um, there's always room for for evolving and 100 yeah. percent. yeah i think even the other day i was watching a, a stream by jim lee and he was saying about how he was struggling it's like i struggle with this part of the hand and you're saying to yourself the guy's been drawing figures for 50 years or something like that like if he's <laughs> if he's still struggling like <laughs> there's room for improvement anybody that's starting so yeah especially when i think for students i find as well anatomy is one thing that they struggle with because it is such a dense topic there's so much mm -hmm. to learn but then there's also, like we talked about earlier, there's so many good schools. Even, you know, guys like Stan Prokopenko, like, you know, Proko has a whole YouTube channel for free that you can sit in there for a couple of hours and just consume his content and has very great topics on anatomy, shading, perspective, mm. loads of stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's a balance, right? It's The whole com conversation is a balance where 
the bar is very high to get in, but there's so much available information that it's no impossible. Yeah. It's no like you're never going to get there. Like if, if you do the work, you will eventually yeah, absolutely. hit a level where you go. I, I I I totally agree. It's just it's just a matter of matter of time and uh Yeah. And uh And you don't have to be the best person in the world at what you do. There is there's a bar where if you're good enough, yeah, totally. you will eventually I mean work. I mean yeah. people people uh people also I mean uh I see a lot of people who, who don't dare to, to put together a portfolio and apply to a company or, or put their work out there because, because they think they are not good enough. There is good enough. Yeah. There is no such thing as, as not good enough. There there always be better, a lot of better artists yeah. than you, but there always be a lot of, of worse. So Yeah. I mean I think it's what even people who are like, you know, they'll watch like a Kim Jong Z stream and be like, ah, oh, never. I'm like, well, Kim's doing his thing. Like he's got his own thing going on there. You don't have to be Kim to get work. Yeah. Like you know, it's so um yeah, like there, I mean there's superstars like Kim and there's TB Choi now, of course, who's who's burning up and doing this incredible but then that's their own thing. You don't have to emulate and, and, that but, person. And I'm just I'm just saying this to to beginners and, and to students because a lot of people are battling with artist blocks and and they think like professionals uh, and other like really good artists don't have artist blocks and that's not true uh, we still have artist blocks and and i think we artists we, we, we struggle with the same things as as a student or as a beginner we, we still feel even i i feel sometimes that that i'm down i'm not i'm not good enough i'm not creating uh the the stuff what i what i would like to and and you you have to I, I think students has has to understand that this is this is part of of this whole thing this is part of this journey that you always have have to overcome your your anxiety and and fears and and everything and that's that's absolutely normal. Yeah, I mean, like Carl Ortiz talked about it in one of our talks at THU, where like our first day at ILM, you know, Ian McKay got in an elevator and he was like, "Ah, oh, you know, what a day!" And, oh, and she was like, "What's wrong?" He's like, oh, I just kind of figure this thing out. And she's saying to herself, "Well, if he's having a bad day where he's stuck, like, I mean, I'm going to be okay then." So, I mean, but as the case, like Ian even talked about that further on, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, 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 that was something I couldn't figure out." But yeah, as a case where like. You you know all the years of experience you'll have every new project you come to you'll sit with a blank piece of paper in front of you and be like cool what do I draw <laughs> like how yeah. do I start what do I work on how is this going to look um, but then it falls into like the repetitions because you've done it so much so it's like you know research pre sketches thinking about you know montages and collages and stuff and then oh, generating ideas and what if this and then I think that's the the thing you've not got to lose as well is the play, right? Is the, mm-hmm. is the idea that like, oh, what if you had this massive big horn and oh, this was cool? And just getting to that level is still something you need within even professional work because mm-hmm. you have to make something out of nothing. You can't do that by being super serious, like, okay, well, I need to get 3D rendering. No, just like set your sketchbook. And that's why sketchbooks are important as well because it is a place to to fail and experiment and try things before you sit and hand them to people or hand them to directors. So, um, yeah, I think it's there's definitely... An emphasis on the industry can be scary and cold, but then I think it's just you've kind of just got to be prepared for that and try and build a skin yeah. where you understand that's what you're walking into, and it's not always going to be bad. But you know there will be bad days, there will be things you kind of figure out. But everybody's like that, and you're not alone in that that instance. Like we all go through it. Yeah. So. Plus, plus, uh, plus, people have to see uh, because, like you, you said, that the industry can be really scary and companies and and, and stuff yeah. like that. But it's but actually, it's not true. I think this is uh, this industry is filled with genuinely nice and friendly people, and that's that's really rare. I mean, I've, I've worked a lot for for advertising agencies as well, and that's a totally different story. So, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just I think all, all the artists are are genuinely friendly, and everyone would like to help. And so, so students. Uh, don't don't be afraid to to reach out to anyone and yeah. he he might not gonna answer because but it's but it's not because he he doesn't want to or you are not good enough it's it's because yeah. you are he's busy yeah of course and, yeah but no, that's definitely. it but but 
and that, actually, actually, that's what that's why I really did like more, more, more the social gatherings, like uh, like in the super shops and, and stuff like that. Yeah. What we what we missed out last year, yeah, yeah, because because that's there you can you can meet these people and uh, yeah. and just just have a beer with someone, uh, show show your portfolio and, and stuff like that. But but people are are, are generally nice and, and friendly and approachable, and everyone is so. Of course, there's there's a big uh, competition in the in the art field, but mm. but it's not like on any other fields. I mean, in this one, every everyone and all the professionals are trying to help you to get better because we are we are in the same same shoes. We just we just really love to do this thing, and we also would like to get better. And we still remember that how how it was like when we started out. When you started, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a good note to end on, Mark. I think that's definitely, you've just kind of put it into the, the words I was trying to say, but yeah, the, um, events, networking, going to these things like THG industry workshops, IMAG. Yeah, I hope I hope we can we can return back after after this whole COVID yeah, situation uh, because that this is getting pretty yeah. <laughs> pretty crazy now. I know, I know. Well, not even that. Like, I, It's just, just to get outside in your own vicinity. Like, to, you know, I don't know, again, how, how, how hungry it is, but in Scotland, we're in the Tier 4 lockdown, so the highest level, so, you know, we're not really supposed to leave our houses and we can't travel between like even like our small districts. Mm-hmm. So we're stuck in our towns. Um, and it's, it's hard. It really is getting harder. And then people were telling me now, like, I, I think I was told I would get a vaccine letter by August, if that means anything. And that's my first jab. So, I mean, like, if that's, it's like, it looks like this year as well is going to be just taken up by, by lockdown, which is, scary but it's the world we're living in just now and so how is hungry anyway just generally with the, the pandemic oh uh, it's not it's not that bad actually i think uh like we had we had these like second phase and that's just went just that's just over but they don't want to open up even 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 if the case is dropped because they say they say now is the safest thing is to is to keep this. So we are not in like a, like a full lockdown, but more like a partial one. So most of the people are working from home, but and uh, you can't you can't leave your house between I think eight at night and five or six in the morning. There's a curfew. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know Holland recently done the summer thing. So yeah, uh, but and you ha- and you have to wear masks and everything. And of course, yeah, like of course. like uh, like social places like restaurants. So mm-hmm. you, you can only get stuff for for takeaway and takeaway and stuff. Uh, and of course, like theaters and cinemas are closed, and, yeah. and venues are I mean, closed. It's good to be but, yeah, I was going to say yeah. like, you have a kid as well. It's good to be difficult with. Because he wants to go out all the time and play and stuff like that. Yeah, so, and that's yeah but the, but the well. funny thing is, like like primary schools and uh, and childcare's are open, right? So yeah. uh, because it's it's uh, and and they are uh, trying to keep keep that. Uh, I mean, you have to. Uh, uh, wear masks and everything even in even primary mm. schools and yeah uh, um, uh, they are measuring your temperature uh, or your kids temperature when you go into the childcare and stuff like that but they still can can go and people are going to work and, and stuff like that so it's like a it's like this weird partial thing but it's but it seems to sort of work be working yeah i mean it's difficult with the uk as well because we're i mean we just passed a hundred thousand deaths which is crazy so like i know it's mental and now you know they're talking about like oh they might start these restrictions but then of course scotland wales and ireland are all like well no because people are still sick and people are still getting infected so let's not do that but of course mm-hmm. you know mr johnson's like oh no no it'll be fine we'll open up partially in a couple of weeks i'm like oh god you know it's like it's it just seems like it's never ending but i'm hoping because our vaccine's been we're obviously quite high just now i think something like nearly 20 million people have been vaccinated so well, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah. If we can get everybody inoculated at one point, I think that will obviously help stop it as well. Because then that obviously yeah. stops the risk infection, and so yeah. But it's 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 a weird world to live in right now. So mm. yeah, definitely, I hope, I hope it ends. And even that, I want to go back to the lightbox and stuff as well. That would be great to go across America again. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But anyway, Mark, thank you for your time. Um, no, thanks for the chat. It was it was really cool. 
yeah man awesome good to catch up after a couple of years and i'll uh, i'll call back when your kid turns six <laughs> <laughs> when he's older again so yeah definitely um but yeah i mean thanks again yeah for coming on and, and i hope you guys at pixeloid and stuff are doing well and you know the work you're doing is incredible so i hope that just continues as, as the year goes on and and uh yeah, if you guys have any questions for mark or anything uh you can you can check out his website i'll leave all his links below in the description um i'll also leave a link to his book um behind the pixels which is really great it's a good book if you are a beginner and you want to learn a lot of mark's secrets he basically spent a whole lot of time putting all of his uh, information in his head into a book um about how to be a concept artist so um, well, I, don't which think, is now... I, don't, I don't think it's it's available now though because i i ran the out first of... one yeah so the, the you did release a second one right like there's a behind the pixels too is that no that it, it wasn't it wasn't it was planned to release, but but then it mm-hmm. didn't. I think it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. So it was just yeah. I know the first edition. you were talking about at one point. Yeah, you weren't talking about something doing a sequel at one point. But yeah, I don't know if it. But then, if you can get a hold of it, because it might even be there might even be some circulation on Amazon. Something might be resale on it. But yeah, like yeah. I think you art. can. I think you yeah. can still get it on on. Uh, you can still get a digital copy. So you still, yeah, still get a PDF. I was going to say yeah. You can buy it. That's on your website, right? The digital copy of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, so or then I I'll, I'll like that. Or maybe, yeah. maybe you can download it from my Gumroad or something. Yeah, I'll or you, definitely. Or you, whatever. Just, or you can just torrent it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I, I'm, <laughs> all, I'm also, I'm also fine with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. If, uh, if, if, if whatever link I get for the book, um, I'll send the official link, and you guys can make it remain. But that's it's definitely worth it. I think it's, it's not much on your website, right? It's like, was it twenty bucks or something, or something like that, or remember how much is uh i don't i don't i don't really remember i actually uh, i was so long ago i was i was <laughs> i was I, I was thinking about to to putting up uh, to putting it up uh, onto uh art station the art station marketplace for right uh, just just for download uh, a digital copy right. for like i don't know 15 bucks or something right because okay. i don't know well, yeah well yeah, of course. Well, by the time I get this edited anyway, Mark will send me the link, and then uh, if you guys want to go and purchase that, I would definitely recommend it whatever you get it, because it's a great book, um, and definitely is like a bible of how to be a concept artist. So if you're struggling about like where do I start, then Mark's book is. And of course, Mark didn't just write it on his own. There's other people who have came in and done articles for him that are also concept artists who also speak about the process. So it's a great, great book to, to have. Uh, Thank and you, yeah, if you have any questions, yeah, you can also get in contact with Mark. He's always happy to talk to people. So yeah, loads of things. So. Um, and thanks to you guys who have listened so far um, again with the format of the video if you guys are enjoying it let me know leave comments below um, we also have a discord just in the links below as well if you guys want to join I think we're nearly 200 members just now um, people are in there sharing work talking away so if you guys want to join that that's there as well and uh, yeah just again thanks to you thanks to Mark and uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode Cheers, bye, bye everybody bye.